are listening to the Crossing Anchor Podcast in Detroit, Michigan. So glad to have you with us today. If this encourages you or helps, please share the word and bless others as well. Let's start with today's content. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into the word tonight. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Um, how many of you know the husbands should make their wives coffee? Because the Bible says Hebrews. Can I get an amen? Somebody. A corny dad joke to start off the sermon here tonight. Hebrews, it's on the right side of your Bible. Toward the end, not too many people know who the author of the book of Hebrews is, including myself, but we know it's inspired by the Lord, and it has so much rich treasure about Jesus in it. We're going to find our way to Hebrews chapter 12 tonight. I want to bring a brief exposition to really just two verses of Scripture, and my prayer is that we would be encouraged and even be challenged because of what the Lord spoke to us through His Word tonight. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we pray in Jesus' name that here tonight we would hear from You through a man. We, God, we don't need another message. We need a word from God. So Holy Spirit, would You... Would you communicate your truth through me in such a way that it brings life? Um, you tell us that you are the word, that, that the word guides our step, that your word is a light to our path. Yeah. So light our path. Give us just the next step tonight. God, if we, if we leave here with the next step from you, we, we got better. So Lord, help us to hear your voice. It's already been a fresh night, but God, we want more. We're eager for more. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I need a little bit of help tonight. Um, if you can, if for any, any, any movie fans in the room, anybody who like movies in here tonight, I'm going to put a, a picture of a movie, and if you know this movie, just go ahead and shout it out for me. Anybody? Amen. What, now, in this scene of the movie, what is being shared and screamed through the screen? Anybody know? That's right, that's right. That's Jenna, and she is shouting out to young Forrest as he is breaking through the chains and shackles on his legs. All it's like he had braces on his legs, all types of metal and weird stuff, and he gets this moment where he's being bullied and, and persecuted, if you would, for just being the young man that he is with the situation he had with his legs, and he gets this inspiration from his friend that's a girl at the time named Jenny and she just begins to shout out you know what run Forrest run and he just gets this boldness and breaks free and starts running so fast that this brother ran across the whole country <laughs> right if you've watched the movie he didn't stop right in his older age he's got the long beard he invented the Nike shoe in the movie and he just keeps on running until one day he stops and <laughs> just then he stopped, right? And, and there's this moment, right, where she says, run, Forrest, run. And why do I even share that? Because the title of my sermon tonight is what I believe is a shout from heaven tonight. And that shout is simply this, run, church, run. I believe the Holy Spirit is communicating something through the word that's very similar to what Jenny was communicating. And the Spirit of God is communicating to us, run, church, run. I believe that Jesus ascends into heaven in Acts chapter 1 and passes this baton of the Holy Spirit to 
empower the local church with, with that dunamis, that dynamite Spirit of God, you'll receive power to be my witnesses in what I believe is to run the race that each of us has marked out for us by King Jesus. Don't, don't be deceived tonight as if Jesus ran his race and Paul ran his race and, and you got the baton to sit. And I think that this isn't an indictment on the church in America, but I just find even myself, if I'm not careful, I will sit down and get my coffee and, and my bagel and, and watch everybody else run the race. And say, man, that was great. You guys did great. As for me, I'm just kind of chilling. I, I, I heard this quote from a pastor named David Platt, and it convicted me. He said it like this. He said, Jesus didn't save you to sideline you. He saved you to send you. All of us have a race to run. All of us have a call. God put a calling on my wife Nina and I in 2015 to plant a church called Walk Church where everybody has a next step. And that's part of our call is to help mobilize people to take their next step. That Colossians 2.6 says, as you've received Jesus, so walk in Jesus. That Jesus wants to live his life through you. In fact, there's a, an old revivalist named Major Ian Thomas who once wrote, the same life Jesus lived then lives now through you. Wow. That we would walk in him. We would run the race marked out for us. So in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, reading from the ESV translation, the text says, Therefore, come on, would you read with me tonight? Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? Amen? Some of y'all were like, that's good enough for me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Just off the reading. Uh, verse 1 starts out like this. I'll highlight the first few words of verse 1 with the yellow. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, as a believer and a studier of God's word, I, I, I know that I got familiar with this idea of running the race and I would always pass by verse 1. In fact, I just didn't know what it meant, so I skipped it. Then I realized, you know, one day I want to just understand what this first verse means because the first verse is actually setting us up for the run the race content you find here that the apostle well we don't know who's the author here whoever it is says therefore everybody say therefore, therefore. i remember once hearing pastor vance Pittman in las vegas say the word therefore is there for a reason and that reason is to point us to what was just being shared if you read the book of hebrews you'll find the Sports Center top 10 highlights of the Bible recorded for us in Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, this chapter is known as the Hall of Faith. And you'll find all types of characters that came before us and ran the race before us shouted out and highlighted in Hebrews 11 for what they did by faith. In fact, come on, just popcorn style. Give me some different people in the Bible that made a difference. Anybody? Abraham. David. Noah. Moses. Carter. Moses, right? What does Moses do? Well, he uses his staff to lead over a million people out of slavery. 
walks up against a body of water, plants his staff, and the water moves on the left and the right side as if he was in the cross. And this was water on both sides. And it was a whole lot taller. And Moses walks people through. Mind you, the enemy still... By faith, Moses did that. Somebody mentioned Abraham. Abraham, by faith, the text says, went, not knowing where he was going. But just off of a word, go, he, by faith, went. And not only did he go, but when he received a call to sacrifice his own son, Hebrews 11 says, not knowing exactly how that would work out, Abraham believed that God was able to resurrect his son from the dead, even if he did kill him, so therefore he went by faith which is actually a picture of what Jesus would do for us. Being the only sacrificial son who could save us from our sins, who did resurrect from the grave. Somebody mentioned Daniel. What does Daniel do? Daniel walks into a den of lions and shuts the mouths of lions by faith. Somebody mentioned Noah. Noah, by faith, went and built an ark that that took over 100 years to build. Somebody say build something. Pastor Josh, this might take a while to build, but it's worth it by faith. Come on, any women of God? How about Ruth? One of my favorite people in the Bible is Ruth who says, by faith, even though I'm I'm a Mennonite from a foreign land, I'm going to follow, my husband dies, I'm going to follow mom-in-law to an unknown land called Israel because I've heard that's where bread is, and by faith I'll go. And while she's there with Naomi, and Naomi's sick and sad, Ruth says, you know what? I'm going to go into the fields, and God's going to meet me there. That's optimistic faith. You know what? I don't know what's going to be in the fields, but maybe Boaz might be there. Come on, amen? Right? I love what Esther says. Esther, who's faced with this dilemma, looks at the king and says, if I perish, then I perish. These different individuals walked by Faith. Now, let's look at Hebrews 12, 1 together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by Moses, surrounded by Abraham, surrounded by Ruth, surrounded by Spurgeon, surrounded by Billy Graham, right? surrounded by the saints that have ran their race before us. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Amen? There's a cloud of witnesses that have ran their race. You can read about them in Hebrews 11. The, the writer saying, therefore, since you're surrounded by them, what are you going to do? Oh, don't drop the baton. Filled with the Spirit of God. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I put this picture up on the screen as if maybe we were the, the cat with the orange jersey on. It's just a picture that being you, and you're, you're giving high fives. I want you to see yourself. Give a high five, and you're like, hold up. That, that was Paul the Apostle. And you give a high five and there's Joseph with the colorful coat on, dripping. And you're like, is that Joseph? And these are the people in the crowd saying, come on, run. It's your turn. You're up. You're up to do something courageous. You're the one that's up to get thrown in the pit and to interpret the dream. You're, you're the one that's up to feed the 5,000 with a happy meal, two loaves and some some fish. Amen. You're the one that's up. And my prayer is that we would actually do it. We would trust God with the race. We we would run it. This is the language of the Apostle Paul, right? Paul says it like this. He says in 
really what some believe is the last recorded statements of Paul in his letters in the New Testament, he says, I've kept the faith. What's the language he uses? I, I did it. Last recorded letter he writes to his young disciple Timothy. It's pouring into him. He says, Timothy, here's what I want you to know. I, I kept the faith. Come on, we need some faith keepers in the room. Right? We need some people who are going to say, you know what? Whenever, if they fall away, I'm going to still believe. I kept the faith. I have fought the fight. This is, this is wartime language. This is athletic language. This is going to cost you something. It's, it's going to require some endurance. He goes, I have finished the race. Oh, that we can get to a moment where we can say with Paul, I've, I've finished the race. I like what John Piper says as he writes on Hebrews 12. He says, Hebrews 12.1 is, is a trumpet call. The warning gun that the last laps are starting. To see our life as a race to be run with passion and zeal and energy and discipline. Lord, help those words to define me. Help me to be a believer that has passion. Help me to be a disciple that has zeal. Amen? Help us to be a church that has energy, that has discipline to say no to sin and yes to Him. Lord, help us to be that type of Hebrews 12 Believer, the first point of the sermon is simply this, run forward. Get the baton and run forward. Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 says, I'm focused on the prize. I'm not looking backwards. I got the baton. Now I'm going to run the race that's marked out for me. The second point of the sermon here today is not just run forward, but, but to run free. Run forward, but don't run heavy. Run forward and, and, and run free. Look at this verse with me. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Now, this text is very interesting because the author says, let us lay aside Every weight. Somebody say every weight. every weight. Can I just give you a quick, deep theological definition for the word weight? Let me put it up here on the screen. Here's what the word weight means. Come on, something heavy, okay? <laughs> something heavy, all right? You felt me on that, right? Something heavy. We don't got to make it too difficult in here, okay? What is weight? It's something heavy. Let us lay aside heavy things. What, what, if we're not careful, we'll read the verse to say, since you're surrounded by so great a crowd, crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside sins. But that's not what it says. It says, let us lay aside heavy things and sins which cling so closely. I was um, speaking at a, a sports camp at UCLA in Southern California, and uh, we had some of our UNLV athletes that were attending the camp, and one of them was one of our sprinters at UNLV, and so she got a ride with Nina and I. And on the way up, I was just asking her some questions about being a, a track runner, a sprinter on UNLV's team. And I said, let me ask you this. What's the most important thing about running at a collegiate level? And she said, for me, the most important thing is running as light as I can be. She said, I need the lightest shoes possible. My shoes can't be too heavy, they could slow me down. She goes, when it comes to my shorts, they have to be the lightest shorts possible. When it comes to the, 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 the top or the jersey I wear, it's gotta be the lightest 
possible. And at one point she had longer dreads. She goes, I even cut my dreads down a little bit in the season because I didn't want anything to even have the chance to slow me down. She goes, I want to be as light and fast as possible. And the Lord hit me. Why don't you bring that level of discipline into your race? Why don't you approach your race the same way she approaches hers? Some of the reason why we're so tired in our Christian life is because we got too much heavy things on us. We're carrying too much and we're like, dang, man, it's, it's hard to be a Christian. You're too heavy. You've got to throw some things off that are slowing you down. I want to encourage you to maybe even examine your life tonight and identify what the weights are. I had a moment when I was preaching at a, a, a camp. It was a youth camp in Hawaii. I know, suffering for Jesus, I know. Right? I was in Hawaii, I'm preaching at a youth camp, and I'm talking about some similar content. And one of the leaders who was actually a host for us that weekend comes down for the response time. And I'm like, I wonder if he needs something. He comes down to pray. He's got tears in his eyes. And he goes, Pastor Hyden, I need you to pray for me. I said, yeah, well, absolutely. What can I pray for? He goes, I got some weights in my life. He goes, it's a heavy weight. And man, I'm ashamed to share it. And he's, he's, he's tearing up. He's crying. I said, bro, what? absolutely, man. Let me pray for you. What? But define it. What's the weight so we can just bring it into the light and pray for it? And I'm thinking all the different things of what it is. And he goes, video games. I said, excuse me? And he says, video games. And here's what he proceeded to tell me. He goes, every morning I wake up and I spend the first six hours of my day playing video games. I jump on the live. I put the headset on. He goes, video games is destroying my family. It's hindering my walk with Jesus. It's slowing me down. It's messing up my ability to think clearly. I have a community of people I don't even really know on a headset, and it's become the thing that defines my life. Now, are video games a sin? No. But if video games become God, they, they slow you down. I love this quote from Pastor Tim Keller. In fact, I would encourage you to take a screenshot of this quote that maybe you would revisit it. I come back to this quote often. Tim Keller says it like this. He says, what's an idol? It's anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you what only God can give. What's an idol? An idol is anything that absorbs your heart and imagination. It could be sex. It could be a relationship with a person right now that is consuming your, can I tell you how many people along our church planning journey, Pastor Josh, that came to our church, got excited about our church, were all plugged in, going crazy at every single group, every single night of prayer, and got a, a boyfriend and could, got a girlfriend? Gone. That they were actually looking for something to absorb their heart and their imagination and seeking the, to give you what actually only God could give. And maybe tonight you have something. It could be a video game. It could be a relationship. It could be a secret sin in your life that maybe Jesus would put his finger on the same way he did in my life as a college athlete when he put his finger on basketball where I said, Lord, you can have everything, but that ball is mine. I had given so much energy to the game that it was me. It consumed my heart 
and imagination. You ever heard the phrase, ball is life? I had the hashtag ball is, like, that was me. And then I realized that John 1 says, and Jesus is life. That he is the way to God. The truth about God. Come on, he's the life, amen? He's the life of God, and he wants to move in your life. That you would then run the race with perseverance. If I could quote from John Piper one more time, I think that it's so helpful for us to hear this idea. He says, let us lay aside sins and weights too. That we should lay aside weights and a whole lot of, of other things. It's, 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 it's not just sin that we should think about, but we should think about the weights too. If it's cussing, maybe consider laying that down if it's alcohol maybe say you know what i know is it is it a sin to drink or not if you have to ask is it a sin maybe it's a weight if you have to you know should i you know I, well, I'm, I'm i'm living with my girlfriend but we're not necessarily man, is is it slowing you down i know i'm talking about some heavy stuff tonight i'm not trying to be the holy spirit for you but i am asking you to consider is the decisions you're making helping you run or slowing you down I, I had to make a decision, y'all. Somebody felt me in the back on that. I had to make a decision with certain things in my life. I had to start asking people, hey, do I got weights? How do I look? Be honest with me. And don't ask people that are impressed with you. Ask people that want what's best for you. Hey, you want what's best for me, right? I got some weights in my life that I can't see. Somebody said, Hayden, you're a procrastinator. I was like, wait, what? Like, man, you just fill your schedule up with so much stuff, it's slowing you down. Dang. Well, i got to change some things up in my life so that I can run free. I know I want to run forward, but God, I want to run free. I want to get to the end of my life and think, you know what, I, I accomplished everything the Lord had for me. I, I went for it. I dreamed it, and I saw it. I lived it. Come on, I, I went for it. I ran the race, if it's pornography, if it's something that's consuming your heart and your mind, it could be religion. It could be I need to, it could be likes. It could be, man, how come my followers aren't up? It could be how come I'm not getting the same response that that person's getting? It becomes a weight. Yeah. becomes a sin. becomes an idol. And you know what Jesus is into? He's into crushing idols. He's into crushing idols so that he can be the God who you've always needed. Who really you've always wanted. If you would pursue him tonight. I, I'm, I've been spending a lot of time with students lately, to be honest, because, I don't know, I'm just trying to stay around the youth as long as I can before they kick me out. <laughs> like, yo, you can't do the youth camp anymore, man. You're too old. And I've been just trying to, trying to you know, I, I was at a youth camp recently, and I said to one of our youth leaders, I said, hey, how many of these kids are on TikTok? He said, every single one of them. And I, and I realized, because I just looked, and everybody was on their phone, everywhere. And I, and I did some research, and Social Media Today is a, a website that gives social media content, and here's the quote that I wanted to share with you tonight. The amount of time spe people spend on social media is constantly increasing. Teens now spend up to nine hours today on social platforms. You know what that is? Full-time job. They're not even getting paid. Well, some are actually getting paid these days. It's crazy. But what I'm trying to say is this. Like, man, we, the youth need to run the race. 
And we need to model it for the next generation. We need to model it for the older generation. We need to run. It's hard to run the race when you're staring at a screen. I'm learning that to, to be true more and more. The, the, the text continues. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Friend, we need endurance, don't we? The, the word endurance by definition means the ability to make it through adversity. To go through something hard. Anybody know somebody who was once a believer, went through something hard, no longer a believer? Or, or at least no longer at the same. They're no longer running. Oh man, I went, went, went through some church hurt. They couldn't withstand the hardship. Come on, don't you know that you have an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy? The proverb says when you... If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. We need some endurance. Lord, give me the endurance of a Spurgeon. Pastor Josh talked about how Cross and Anchors had to move seven different times to try to find the right location. God, give me the endurance of a Pastor Josh. God, give me the endurance of somebody who ran the race and kept the faith. I, I was just learning about... Um, a testimony of, oh my gosh, missionary who went to Zambia, um, David Livingston, who preached the gospel in Zambia, in all of his work there, the testimony recorded that he only saw one conversion. And he died and his heart was buried in Zambia and his body was buried in London. And today, there's, I think, over maybe two to three million people have been linked to his life of faith who have received Christ he said you know what because of his legacy he led one person give me the endurance of a Jim Elliot to to go back give me the endurance of an Elizabeth Elliot to say this is the people who murdered my husband let me take the gospel give me the endurance of an Apostle Paul who got stoned to death not by weed (laughs) who got stoned and dragged out of the city they thought he was dead he he got lifted up by the body of his brothers. Come on, we need small groups. We need people to lift us up. Yeah. Yeah. And says, Paul says, I'm going, they, they said, Paul, we don't think you should go back there. It was not good. So I'm going back. Give me the endurance of a Peter who would sink in the water and be embarrassed. Give me the endurance of a Peter who would deny Jesus three times in Acts chapter 2 goes back to the same court. But this time on mission. This time he doesn't shrink back when Annas and Caiaphas say, oh, you're that guy? And Peter says, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. And I'm here to declare to you that Jesus not only died, but he also rose. And Peter got thrown in jail for it. Give me the endurance. God, give cross and anchor the endurance. Give the believers the endurance. Give New Anthem the endurance. Give Walk Church the endurance, amen, to run the race to to keep the faith. Let me move into the final point of the sermon here, and that's simply this, run focused. Run forward, run free, and run focused. Finish the race. It's going to require a deep focus. Look at verse 2 with me. Verse 2 says, come on, say these three words if you can. Looking to Jesus. Hopefully you feel inspired a little bit, but let me give you the how-to. Pastor Josh, how do you do it? Pastor, how do you, how? How are we going to do it? Friend, friend you got to look to Jesus. I don't know of a better way. I don't know of a better solution. I don't know of a better motivation that lasts. 
I'll tell you what, religion doesn't last. Condemnation doesn't last. I need to work harder doesn't last. Looking to Jesus lasts. While you high-five Moses and high-five Abraham and high-five Esther and high-five Isaiah, oh, look to Jesus. See Jesus at the finish line. Cheering you on. Saying you can do it. Come on, keep the faith. Run the race. Don't, don't, don't stop. Keep, I'm proud of you. I died for you. Don't see Jesus at the finish line with a clipboard. You should have prayed more today. You should have read more. Oh, you sinner, you're not good enough. Oh, see a Jesus with blood-stained hands that's saying, come on, I died for you. I, I rose for you. I ascended for you. You can finish the race. You can keep the faith. You can do great things. I'm cheering for you. Don't, don't stop looking to Him, amen? Don't stop looking to Him. Get focused on Jesus. Clear, clear your lens. Looking to Jesus. Who is Jesus? Well, He's the founder and perfecter of our faith. You might say, hey, you know what? I'm not perfect. Well, guess what? You're not the one that's perfecting it. He is. You didn't even start it. Come on, you can't stop what you didn't start. God started something in you and He's going to bring it to completion. Somebody say, keep running. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, for the joy that was set before Him, He, in, talk about endurance, Jesus endured the cross. Give me the endurance. On the toughest night of Jesus' life, right, as He goes to pray, sweating drops of blood, the disciples fell asleep, right? Much like us. And what does Jesus say? He says, listen, the spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. God, give us the endurance to finish strong. Jesus finished strong. He endured the cross. I'm so grateful that Jesus didn't tap out while marching up Golgotha. I'm so grateful that he went on the cross and even prayed for those. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Despising the shame as they're mocking Jesus and put the crown of thorns on his head in the purple robe, prophetically declaring King Jesus, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I believe he's interceding for me and you, and he wants us to run, church. Run, amen? He wants us to run. As we close right now, I just want to close with a, a last-minute imagery. Um, I saw this video clip recently, and it, it, it inspired me. I feel like it unlocked something in me um, when I saw this runner run her race. And what happened um, reminded me of this scripture. So let's take a look at this on the screen.
come on. <laughs> yeah. Does that make anybody just want to clap? I don't know about you, it just, it just gets me pumped every time I see that clip because that's us. That, that is us, friends and family. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, for the righteous, everybody say righteous. righteous. Oh, what is the righteous? The righteous falls seven times and rises again. The longer I'm a Christian, the more I'm realizing the evidence of real conversion is the ability to get back up. The evidence of actually being saved is the ability to get knocked down and to rise again. You ever see those like wacky, wavy tube guys? My son loves those things. Like my four-year-old Asa, he, better than Spider-Man and Batman are those wavy tube guys. That's us, smiling on our face. Knocked down, we're back up again. I'm knocked down, I'm back up again. Come on, devil, right? You can't, I'm, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm, I, I, I might look a little chaotic sometimes. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to work it out. I was running for the world, now I'm running on his team. We, we trip up, we fall down, but the righteous fall seven times and rise again. The wicked stumble in times of calamity. I'm not, I'm not talking about being perfect. In fact, our position is perfect in Christ. Through our faith in Jesus, he looks at us as holy and righteous. It's his blood that speaks a better word. It's his blood that cleanses us from our past sin, present sin, future sin. Jesus' death and resurrection is enough for us to be set free and saved, but not just set free and saved, but empowered to then run our race. There's a lost city in front of us. And yet I've never seen an empty chair get saved. That there's a space for somebody in this room. That there's a race to be ran. And my prayer is that all of us today would even do a quick examination of our lives. And say, Lord, because you're good and you're worthy. I want to throw off sin. I want to throw off weights, heavy things. I want to throw off shame. And oh Lord, I want to run my race. Oh, God, what could you do with somebody like me? A lot. Let's pray. Father, we're here tonight, and we're in agreement tonight that we need you. And not only do we need you, but God, we want you. And not only do we want you, but we have you. Oh, God. And not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. Yes, he is. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I'm a child of God. Lord, I pray if there's anybody in this room tonight who needs to take a step of faith, that even tonight they would come down to the altar up front and just prepare it themselves and say, Lord, I'm giving you my weights. I'm giving you my burdens. He says, come to me. All who are heavy burdened, I will give you rest. God, tonight may we experience your rest. God, may we give you our burdens. 
And may we experience your rest. By faith, Jesus, I pray that we would be like the brothers and sisters in Hebrews 11 who were not perfect, but were being perfected, who were running their race. Jesus, help us to fix our eyes on you. Even right now, as all heads bowed, even all eyes closed, if there's somebody in this room tonight who needs to receive you, who needs to lay it down tonight, and say, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender my life. By faith to turn to you right now. If that's just you, would you lift your hand? If there's just a person in the room or online. Amen. Amen. And maybe there'll be somebody here tonight who recognized, yeah, I'm a believer, Pastor Hyden. I'm saved, but I got weights in my life. And the Holy Spirit helped me see those weights, and I need to lay them down. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I got a hand up. Lord, I thank you for those who are raising their hands right now, identifying. Holy Spirit, would you lock arms with each person that lifted their hand and help give them the grace, the humility, the endurance to lay them down, to run with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Cross and Anchor podcast from Detroit, Michigan. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and share this with others. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. And let's live our lives on purpose.